I'm Alicia Michalisa-Kurtz, and welcome to Real Talk, a place where healthcare workers share stories about their real human experiences working in medicine. Today marks the first of a four-episode series featuring stories from the California Bridge Program. California Bridge is this incredible group of passionate and motivated people who all share this goal to provide access to 24-7 high-quality care in every California health system to people who use drugs. The program launched in 2019 by providing grant funding to 52 California hospitals in order to help them develop these robust Medication for Addiction Treatment, or MAT, programs. Collectively, this has led to addiction treatment for over 10,000 patients in the past year in California alone. Patients who in the past were normally met with judgment and stigma and no good answers by the healthcare system. But because of the work that Bridge has done, instead these patients arrive at our hospitals and they're met with a team equipped and willing to address their substance use as part of their medical problem list, not as a label or character flaw, but as a treatable medical condition, because it is one. Now in full disclosure, I have had the distinct privilege of serving as a regional director for this program over the past year. So while this does make me more than a little biased about how great the California Bridge Program is, I can tell you that I have worked with, I can't even count how many teams before on the local and state and national level, all of whom are trying to get various things done in medicine. Teams that see a gap or a problem and come together to fix it. And in complete sincerity, I have never worked on a team that has the amount of passion and drive and vision for the future as the team at California Bridge. So when they approached me about using Real Talk as a place to tell their story, of course I said yes, because I want the story of this program told. But what I didn't realize was that these stories would actually frame a much larger conversation surrounding substance use in America. On what drives our passion, yes, but also how healthcare alone actually created this super negative typical experience that patients who use drugs have in our hospitals and our clinics. And how we drove not only the widespread use of opioids in this country, but the judgment and the stigma that surrounds it. And how because of that, only we can change it. It turns out that in trying to tell the story of the California Bridge Program, we're actually telling the story of drug use in the U.S and highlighting why it's not actually specifically political or it shouldn't be divisive or difficult to do things like MAT. Instead, medication for addiction treatment is actually just good medicine, and it's the right thing to do. California Bridge has several principal investigators, and it's these PIs that will take us through these conversations in this series, starting today with Dr. Hannah Snyder a family medicine and addiction medicine physician in the San Francisco Bay Area. When I first started talking to Hannah about her story, she said that she wasn't sure she really had anything impactful to share because unlike some of the other providers and staff at California Bridge, Hannah doesn't have one specific person or story that drives her passion for this work. And her concern brought up this really honest and interesting reflection that often in healthcare, we assume that every person who cares about something like people who use drugs must have a personal connection to that, must have a sister or a dad or a neighbor, or a friend, or some person in their life that made this struggle with drugs 
real for them, that brought it home, that made them want to change the world for this person that they love. And while those very personal stories are definitively and indisputably powerful, the truth is that they really aren't the story of most healthcare providers. But I would bet you that even if you don't think you have a direct connection to substance use, you probably do. You at least have a pop star or a sports hero or some person you didn't know personally, but whose loss has taken something good from your life. The world was not unaffected when it lost the genius comedy of Robin Williams or the beautiful power in Whitney Houston's voice or the incredible intensity in the on-screen performances of Philip Seymour Hoffman. Or maybe it isn't a celebrity, but somebody in your life that you don't even know has substance use issues or whose life has been particularly affected by the substance use of somebody in their family. Or from a different and more conceptual angle, the struggles in poverty and the justice system, and for people with behavioral or mental health issues. All of these systems related to social determinants of health are not helped by our general failure as a profession to better understand and advocate for the treatment of substance use as a medical disease instead of a crime. This is Hannah's story. So the story of my work with California Bridge actually begins way back. And when I was a kid, my dad actually ran a recycling center, which is basically just like a garbage plant. Um, and I worked there on the holidays and the summers for some spending money to save up for college. Um, I learned how to drive there and I learned how to drive on a forklift. And then I got to graduate to driving the garbage truck. Um, I perpetually smelled of spoiled milk. Um, but all that's a little bit aside. When I was there, I was working with a bunch of guys uh, who worked on the warehouse floor with me. You know, we would like eat donuts together every day. I learned from them how not to crash the forklift. I learned from them how to weld. I learned a lot from them. Um, and I always knew that these guys had been through a lot. Uh, but kind of later, as I got older, I realized a lot of them actually had a history of incarceration. A lot of them had a history of substance use disorder, which had led to their incarceration. But I didn't really think about it that much day to day. They were just the guys that I worked with. They weren't different. They were just my coworkers, right? So then... Later, many years later, I got to medical school and I'm working at the University of Chicago hospitals and I realized I actually really enjoy working with people who use drugs. Um, I learned a lot from those patients. Um, those patients uh, faced a lot of stigma, um, but really they were just they were just guys. They were just like the guys at my warehouse. They weren't different. They weren't difficult. Um, they were really kind-hearted people just like anyone else, right? Um, and there were these hardworking and really caring providers who I really looked up to. Um, but it seemed to them like addressing substance use disorder was this just insurmountable issue. And so what was role modeled for me was really like, just put your head down, focus on the acute issue at hand, focus on the cellulitis that they're there for, or the back pain that they're there for, and don't, don't really deal with the drug use. So we'd admit these patients for diabetic ketoacidosis, and we'd spend all this time teaching them about nutrition, and we'd start them on insulin, and we'd do all this work. And then we'd admit someone for a COPD exacerbation and we'd talk to them about not smoking and we'd give them inhalers and we'd make these action plans. Um, but then we'd admit somebody for cellulitis from their injection drug use. And if we put the substance use disorder on their problem list, it would be like problem number 10, right? Um, if we addressed it at all. And so I realized that, that what we were doing is we were just considering substance use disorder as this insurmountable issue and we just weren't engaging. We were hiding from it. We were putting our heads down. 
So when I went to residency, I was looking for a place where I could think about not just an individual in front of me, but kind of the population that they were a part of, their family, their community, and somewhere where I could work with an underserved population, but do so in a really like academically vigorous way. And so I landed at the UCSF Family and Community Medicine Program, which really holds those values of population health. And, and it's a program that's actually based out of San Francisco General Hospital, which is the county hospital for San Francisco. It's our level one trauma center, high rates of homelessness, high rates of people who use drugs, but also just high rates of people who are uninsured or underinsured, right? And so I had some phenomenal role models and colleagues in my department, some of whom now work in California Bridge, um, who were really starting to think strategically about substance use disorder and, and not just putting their head down and not just treating the acute issue. And so what we started to do at San Francisco General, what was role modeled for me by my colleagues was, you know, if somebody comes in for endocarditis from their injection drug use, endocarditis might be their number one problem. It should be. It's the, the scary acute thing going on right there. But then substance use disorder should be number two. Um, and so we started starting people on methadone and buprenorphine when they were inpatient so that they could comfortably complete their medical treatment and so that they could be linked to long-term life-saving treatment. And what I learned from my colleagues then was that being on these medications, being started on buprenorphine or methadone, actually reduces people's mortality to a third of what it would have been if they weren't on these medications. And like, I'm a primary care doctor and an inpatient doctor, and I have to say, there's nothing else that I do that makes that big of an impact on, on people's mortality. It's crazy. And, and so what I learned was that actually treating substance use disorder is a totally surmountable issue. This is something that we can treat, and it just makes sense to do so. And it's actually one of the most simple parts of the acute care work that I do. So I ended up doing this fellowship in addiction medicine. And I remember one time I was called to see this patient who I think about as Mr. J. He had bad epidural abscesses kind of all up and down his spine. And he was incredibly ill. He was septic. He had actually, in the last two weeks, presented to three different hospitals for the same episode of epidural abscesses. But each time he'd come in, he would be so sick, he'd be so scared, he would get admitted, and then he'd leave after a day or two AMA. And then he'd go out in the community and he'd get worse and he'd decompensate and he'd go into another hospital. Um, we've all seen this before, right? We, we've seen these patients who just can't make it through a hospitalization. So eventually I actually got called to the bedside to see Mr. J. This was his, I think, fourth hospitalization over the course of those couple weeks. And I was called because um, he was found with some white powder at his bedside, uh, which turned out to be heroin. He said he was thinking about using. And when it was confiscated, he said, look, I have to leave. I, I got to sign out AMA. And so he was being kind of characterized as different, as difficult, as this was an issue that we couldn't deal with. We can deal with your epidural abscesses, but we can't deal with what you're feeling and the reasons you want to leave AMA. So I went and talked to this guy, and he is in severe opioid withdrawal. He's sick as a dog. He's miserable. He's scared. He really wants treatment. He really wants help. Um, he wants to fix his epidural abscesses, but he can't physically stay with us if he's feeling this sick. So I offered Mr. J some buprenorphine or methadone, and he accepted. Um, and he was so happy to be able to stay. He was so happy to be able to finish his treatment for his epidural abscess. And Mr. J actually had a really long hospitalization, many, many surgeries, IV antibiotics, a prolonged stay at a skilled nursing facility, this like six-week course that he never would have been able to complete if he hadn't had that really simple intervention of the methadone that he chose. So it was a simple intervention. It really just made sense for Mr. J. 
But it made me realize that the experience that I had had of being able to address people's substance use disorder was unique. And there were a ton of patients out there like Mr. J at my hospital, at other hospitals all across the state and all across the country. So I worked together with the California Healthcare Foundation and some other incredibly inspirational providers to start a program, uh, start a program that taught hospitalists and obstetricians and anesthesiologists and surgeons at the time, sort of like the inpatient team, to treat people with substance use disorder and to do this simple intervention of buprenorphine or methadone. And we were just piloting it, just pushing it out to these hospitals saying like, look, this isn't insurmountable. This isn't tricky. You just start this medication of buprenorphine or methadone. It just makes sense and the patients do better. So that program was actually really successful. We were really excited by what we did. We taught a lot of hospitalists to do this work and, and many folks started these medications for patients, but we wanted to do more. So after about a year, I teamed up with this incredible crew of like-minded ED docs who you all will be hearing from, from across the state. And we formed something that we then called the California Bridge Program, which provides 24-7 access to this evidence-based compassionate treatment for substance use disorder, no matter where you are in the state. The concept is you should be able to walk into any ED or any hospital or any primary care clinic, honestly, and get immediate access to these life-saving medications. So we're all striving for this. We're all working for this. I'm still working on, on myself and my compassion and my stigma. And Lord knows I have a lot of barriers to doing this work and a lot of flaws in the way that I do it. Um, but I think what I've taken from it and what's really been the core of the work that we're doing as California Bridge is, is we're here. We're going to show up for you. We're going to treat your acute issue. We're going to treat your substance use disorder. And we're going to treat you as a human being. So it just makes me reflect, it makes me feel lucky that I can do something that's this simple, that's starting Mr. J on methadone, and it makes such a huge difference in the course of his care. And it makes me feel lucky that I found this incredible group of colleagues who work together to make sure that guys like Mr. J aren't treated as different or difficult, they're just treated as patients with an acute medical issue and an underlying chronic condition that needs treatment. And so I think what we're trying to do is to kind of put aside these feelings that substance use disorder is insurmountable, put aside the stigma that we've all internalized through our training and, and through our communities, and put aside these concepts of who's a difficult or a, a different patient, right? And just to treat people who use drugs as people, like the guys that I worked with at the recycling center, like Mr. J, like all of these people that we know and care for and love in our community, they're all just people. They all just need this simple intervention. And, and this is something that we can offer. Hannah's story makes it really clear that you don't have to have a specific personal tie to substance use for it to be something that you should care about. The need to better understand and improve addiction care and medicine is not limited to those of us with family who've been taken from us by drugs. If you work in healthcare, you see patients every day whose lives are absolutely affected by substance use. And it's in the embracing of substance use disorder as a chronic medical disease that we as a community can start to actually change outcomes for these patients and in ways that extend far beyond their physical health. Do you have a personal tie to substance use? Somebody you love or have known whose life was negatively affected by drugs or alcohol or pills? And if you don't, how has our medical community not owning substance use as a medical problem affected your patients or people that you know? 
or maybe athletes or celebrities that you look up to or really like. What could you do to become a better provider for patients who have substance use disorder? And if you're not sure, if I may, I would suggest at a minimum for doctors and advanced providers out there, go get your DEAX waiver. It's free and it counts for CME and it gives you the ability to prescribe patients medication for addiction treatment like buprenorphine, Suboxone, Subutec, right there from the ED or your OB clinic or your primary doctor's office. It gives you the ability to treat patients with opioid use disorder right now while they're here in front of you and not make them wait for a specialist or somebody else to finally get to them. See our show notes from this episode for more information on how to complete that training. And then talk to your group about doing it as a team and learning how to adopt a protocol for starting patients on medication for addiction treatment from your clinic or hospital. And you can get tons more information on how to do that at bridgetotreatment.org. Thank you to Hannah Snyder for sharing her story with us to the team at California Bridge for improving the care we provide to patients with substance use disorder in our country and for telling their story through Real Talk. To Marco Gonzalez, our sound engineer, and of course, to all of you for listening. I'm Alicia, and this is Real Talk. California Bridge is a program of the Public Health Institute with funding through the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration to the California Department of Healthcare Services. For more information, head to bridgetotreatment.org.